Hi, I'm Katherine Dyer. I played Agent Connie Frazier in season one of Stranger Things. I am a big fan of the Upside Down podcast. I learn something new every time I tune into an episode. I'm also a big fan of both Tori and Ashley. They are terrific women and they have grown this podcast exponentially. It is so impressive and I'm really proud of them. So if you haven't listened to the Upside Down podcast, do so. You don't want Connie Frazier coming and knocking on your door, do you? Welcome to the Ascent On Podcast. This is Ash. This is Tori. Happy 2020, guys. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Tori and I are tired. This is a very late night recording because we haven't put out an episode since the 18th of December or somewhere around there. But you know what? This is the year of no stranger things because yeah. they are going to be filming. But you know what it is, Tori. What, Ashley? It's the year of the sixth and final season of the hit Canadian show, no, Shit's Creek. No, Podcast over, Tori out. Ah, uh, Shit's Creek. It's an excellent show. It is not. Guys, watch it. I don't care if you like it. It's not good. <laughs> Get- Ashley also watches Riverdale, so. Look, I got to find out what's happening with my bro, Archie. <laughs> so- anyway, tonight is the SAG Awards, so by tomorrow or whenever you listen to this, we will have won greatly or we will have lost. But the thing that we'll know for sure is that Hopper's definitely returning for season four guys because if you saw him in that tuxedo he is skinny that is his hopper in a jail sale in russia i said sale in russia he looks super super thin have you seen it no um the last time i saw him was in the trailer for black black widow is that what that thing is called yeah yeah He's just been getting skinnier and skinnier, and so it seems like his weight change is so significant that it's not like he's just doing it to lose weight. He looks like he's doing it for a role. So uh, I'm thinking he's going to be... Why wouldn't they just CGI that? A lot, because he's a method actor. He's got to get into it. He's got to win those SAG Awards. Another thing that we wanted to talk about, guys, is thank you so much for the great response that we've been getting to the Amy interview. Talking to Amy Forsyth was so cool. She was just really interesting, and you guys said that you learned a lot, and we were super honored that she was on the podcast, and we're looking forward to interviewing some more people. We just announced today that we will be talking to Tina Roden. She is the still photographer. She does a lot of different still photography for motion pictures, for TV and film, but you guys will, of course, know her as the main still photographer for Stranger Things and I cannot wait to speak to her. I saw her on a panel last year and it was so interesting and so I'm really excited about that. We wanted to start off the new year with our interview from Randy. I'm not gonna go into details but we we have had issues. Randy's our pal and we love him. Um, Let's just say that we had a special interview set up with Kat and he wasn't able to make it and there's been several times that we've just like missed each other and we had Kat do the entire interview as if she was Randy. We actually have the recording of that Am I going to put it out? Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. So we're going to just go ahead and start the new year with continuing our episodes. We still got to knock through a couple episodes from season three. We got a message from Bellastar99 who says, I have recently found your podcast and have been binging it. I love it. You gals make me laugh. I've been re-watching season three as you're commenting on it. When does your next episode drop? Thank you so much for your support. Guys, we've been super busy. Did anyone see Richard Jewell? Stop. Richard oh Jewell, God. the Clint stop. Eastwood movie. Oh my God. I like that stop. she says, oh my God, stop. Guys, Tori was in that movie. Did you see her? You did not, because I didn't, I barely saw me. Did she hang out with the guy that plays Richard Jewell all day? Yes. Did she get carried by Mr. John Hamm? Yes, but there's no evidence. (laughs) 
only only in my memory in your memory so if you go to see this movie we're not kidding Tori really was in this movie what do you what, would you, what do you look like she looks a little bit different in the you're movie you're never gonna be able to find me my hair is slightly longer my hair is like jet black it's dark brown no it looks black in the movie like you okay. could, I couldn't even I was like I thought my hair was brown but the way that they colored it is different you're never gonna see me I'm like in amongst the crowd I just barely saw myself for like a half of a second <gasps> like 50 times though watch a trailer she's in there don't, blue and white striped shirt don't look for it <laughs> I am looking at the camera in the trailer, <laughs> but I didn't want to talk about it. Ashley. She was also selected by Clint Eastwood out of 600 extras. He like looked through the group and he was like, you, you over there. Guys, I'm bringing my impersonations back. That did back. not happen, but he did Clint Eastwood. Me. And he chose her and he brought her over and he like shoved her back or something, right? Yeah, we, there was a scene right after, right before the bomb goes off for the like, um. Spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler? Oh, 20 years ago. Such a spoiler. Um, 24 years ago, Guys, actually. Tori, Tori coming in hot. Um, where they, the police officers have to push the crowd to try to get them away from the bomb. And um, Clint Eastwood was behind the camera, but, like, the camera was right behind. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but he was pushing like the handheld? Kind of, but, um, like, the it wasn't right behind us. It was, like, shooting from one angle, and he was on the other side. Like I gotcha. I can visualize it. Yeah, like, pushing me and my friend. Clint Eastwood's hand touched Tori's back. Yes, it did. We also laughed at all his jokes. They were not funny. Uh, you were they like, were so <laughs> I remember you came home and you were like, Clint Eastwood is such an old sweet man. He is. And he was like, and everyone was like, oh, him. Clint, you're so funny. Like, they wanted to get picked. I was like, girl, shut up. Wow, Tori keeping it real. That's why she was not in a lot of the movie. Yes. <laughs> okay, well, so let's get this started. Season three, chapter five, The Flayed. So this one opens on the elevator dropping. It's when the Scoops troop is all like in the elevator and it just starts dropping. <laughs> Great, great explanation, Ashley. Thank you so much. It's a new year. I like to bring a lot of dialogue to the podcast. We have Steve screaming, Erica screaming, Robin screaming, and then Steve screaming at Dustin. And they're basically, they're like telling Dustin to push the button. They're like, it's so, like there's so much screaming happening. But my favorite part is when the elevator stops and Steve in the background, I had to go back and rewind it. And Steve says, my groin. I just fell on my groin. He goes, my groin. Oh my God. And then he goes, I just fell on my groin. And that was so funny. I was like, they should have brought that to the front. So the elevator stops and there's the part where Erica does this little thing where she starts going, I think it's addressing what people are always saying. Like, how are these kids out and the parents aren't looking for them? And she says, you know, I'm supposed to be spending the night at Tina and Tina always covers for me, but my mom will be mad if I'm not at Uncle Jack's birthday party tomorrow or something. But anyway, my favorite part is when Steve goes, I don't care about Tina or Uncle Jack. Like, it's a really good Steve heavy Mm -hmm. episode. He's really funny. But they climb out and basically that's it. And it's... This is one of those ones, again, where I think we've said this a lot, but Stranger Things always does these things where they'll match people up and then there'll be like three things going on in the episode. It'll be like Joyce and Hopper and Alexi. It'll be the Scoops Troop and then it'll be the gang. And then we interweave between what each of them are doing. And this episode's no different. So we've got Joyce and Hopper. They're driving up to the Hess property. They, I think in the last one is when he fought Gagori. And so they're yeah. trying to like find him. And it's funny because this season has a lot of flashlight scenes. I don't, I never really thought about it before, but this scene starts off with it again where they're in the dark house and they've got the flashlights going and they see that they're in a house but there's not a lot of furniture there's it's empty and they notice that or Joyce notices that she like leans on the floor and she sees that there is like something happening underneath and they lift up the bed and it leads to a stairwell which I like I think that was pretty cool um that would have been a cool set to look at I wonder if it was fun to build because it's like 
I don't know. That's like every kid's thing. Like when you're in a house, if you could pull up the bed and there's a building underneath, I thought it was really neat just rewatching it. So Gregory rides up on his motorcycle. But in the meantime, uh, Joyce and Hopper are like going through the house and they find Alexi and the mechanic. And Alexi is trying to explain, you know, I guess he's just trying to explain what's happening. And this is a very Hopper screamy episode. I think this is the episode. Among, like different from any other Hopper? Well, I think that uh, well, as we go through it, like this season, a lot of people, loved Hopper or there was like they had they took issue with him and I think this episode really represents what people didn't like about it or him I mean we're always team Jopper we love Hopper but this particular episode really showcases how they changed Hopper's character kind of like it didn't really seem Hopper-esque he's always been kind of masculine but this episode there was just something about it and this is an example you know Alexi is just trying to explain what's going on as the other guy that's working with him is like holding up his hands and Hopper's like I can't understand you he's just like screaming at him and then Alexi is saying whatever he's saying back and it's like they're just there's this tete-a-tete they're going back and forth with each other and they obviously neither of them can understand each other but Hopper is like very aggressive which in this case I forgive because you know he's in a house he's gone underground something's happening and there's a Russian who's speaking a different you know talking to him and he can't communicate so it's like okay you know it's a stressful situation and then Gregory arrives and there's this big they fight and Hopper puts a gun to his head and basically says I'm gonna blow some day light into that thick skull of yours which I like the line because it's very 80s like it sounds like yippee-ki-yay it's very like something that some 80s action hero would say but I didn't like it because it's like if you shot Gregory in the head there wouldn't be any light coming in because you were in a pitch black basement (laughs) there's like the smallest beam of red light coming in so it's very macho oh one of the things I was curious about in this is it's a very heavy fight scene and I'm wondering if David Harbour did his own stunts or if I can't think of the actor's name who plays Gregory but uh, we do have set up at some point this year to talk to Hiro Koda who is the stunt coordinator the Emmy nominated Emmy award winning stunt coordinator it's been difficult to schedule with him because he's currently working on Cobra Kai which is you know so it'll be cool to talk to Hiro and ask him about that but so basically what happens is they are fighting they get away and they're running and this is where Hopper becomes what I call his most Hopper the thing that I think people don't like it's it's kind of Hopper's rude episode he's they're running out of the car they've got Alexi and Hopper is screaming at Joyce as they try to get away he screams her name like six times he's like Joyce 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 stop screwing around and Joyce is literally just running to the car with him she's not screwing around I think she drops the keys really quick but then she picks him up almost immediately so he's like very aggressively screaming at her in a way that I just like I didn't care for it and I just felt like I think this is where people were like that's not Hopper like Hopper's right he's more cool under pressure like when he rescued the kids in season one from the bus he's he's a he's macho and he's tough but he's not I don't know and I know he's mad at her from previously you know because she didn't show up at Enzo's and he's still holding a little beef but I think this is where the beginning of what people didn't like about him in particular in this season starts you know then they're driving away they make it Joyce gets in the car she peels out and he says so you still think it was our government so again Hopper's doing a little dig at Joyce like here it is you're wrong again like first you're screwing up not getting us in the car and now you're wrong about this too which I did not care for but yeah 
So the credits roll and it starts on a blue phone. It says it's 5.48 and it's Jonathan in bed. I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be 5.48 p.m. or 5.48 a.m. But then it's Nancy calling him and he's like, Nancy, why are you calling me at 6 a.m.? And I was like, the daylight outside his window made me think it was like almost night. But then Nancy's shot where she's outside of the hospital made me think, oh, yeah, that does look like a, you know, like a dawn shot. Um, But he answers the phone and she's basically telling him, you know, I'm at the hospital. I went to see Mrs. Driscoll. And he is about to say something to her and she says, save your lecture because I really don't give a shit right now. And it's like, this is the episode of people just being aggressive to other people. But she asks if Will is safe. And I really like that line um, because he's about to start yelling at her and she's like, where is Will? And he's like, he's not even home right now. And she's like, is Will safe? And I really, I don't know, it's something about that I really liked. And we go back to Hopper and Joyce. But they're basically, the trio has joined up and they're in the woods because when they were driving away, the, you know, it broke down. And Hopper is like sitting there and he's trying to work on the broken truck and he's just like being very aggressive. And Joyce is talking, trying to connect with Alexi. She's trying to figure out like magnets, you know, why are my magnets falling? They're trying to have this little conversation. Again, Hopper is like, Joyce, like, would you be quiet? You two are giving me a headache. Like he's just very like kind of not chill. And again, I understand that he's a little bit hurt. His feelings are hurt because she stood him up for Mr. Clark. And I think while they're walking in the woods, maybe he makes some kind of joke about that. And she's like, yes, of course, everyone, every man that I see from this point forward is someone that I'm dating. He thinks he's fixed the car or the truck and he tells her to get in and start turning it on and she's like I'm sorry it's not working and he's like do it again he's just so aggressive with her it's like Hopper chill out bro it just seems very out of his character he's stressed I know but you gotta be nicer to people this is a great part is when she tries it the car you know it blows up it explodes she jumps out just in time and then Alexi says stop like he's he was what he was trying to tell Hopper all the time and they call him Smirnoff here too right yeah which I'm sorry I thought it was funny I thought it, I'm original, I mean, it was like, what's this, the fifth episode? Uh, yes, episode five. Okay, so this was, I can't remember if I started watching this before or after I accidentally passed out. This was like six o'clock and seven o'clock in the morning. Like, I thought it was so funny. <laughs> I, like, the funniest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. Um, okay, well, good job, guys for Tori but they're walking through the forest and they're talking about the plan Hopper is basically saying we're uh, we're walking what is it he's trying to tell her that they're going somewhere is it Illinois because they they know someone that speaks Russian but they're not Indiana well I don't know I feel like I can't it's Indiana it's well it wouldn't be it wouldn't be Indiana I know I I think it's Illinois I know where they're going they're going to see um, Murray but basically Joyce is walking beside him and she's trying to figure out what he's what he's saying she doesn't really understand the plan and so he goes he's just again he starts being really condescending to her he goes yeah Joyce we're gonna go to Illinois she's like I'm sorry I'm just trying to figure out what the plan is and this is where we learn that Eleven is with the gang they're in the they're in where are they at oh they're like in the basement they're in Mike's basement that's right and she is like looking at Hopper in the void she's trying to find where Hopper and Joyce are and Hopper is like shooing bugs or something and she figures out where they are and this is a funny moment because it's Max and Elle and they go into the bathroom and she says something really funny about um oh they show Eleven's throat because in the last episode that's where Billy and she had the fight and she's got the like ring around her throat and Max asks her it's really sweet she's like does it still hurt which is like of course it does it's like really bruised and Elle says you know only when I talk and then she says well it's a good thing you're not Mike and then they switch to Mike and Mike's like so anyway he's just rambling as like Lucas is looking at him like no no what's happening and they're talking about just trying 
to figure out like the mind flare and, and like what's happening with everybody. Then we went into Steve and Dustin and this is a kind of interesting scene because he's with Dustin and he has to go pee and it was very Goonies reminiscent where they're oh, in yeah, the caves yeah, yeah, yeah. and they have to go pee and the one guy's like, I'm, I'm going to the men, you know, the boys room, the little boys room and he's like, this is the men's room. But like Steve is going pee and, and Dustin, he's like, he's like, look away, look away. And then Robin tells him to redirect his stream. And we have Erica, she's got the green slime. She's like cracking it on the thing. She's trying to open it. Oh, oh yeah. This became a popular sound on TikTok. Yeah. For some reason, I saw it a bunch and I was like, I don't understand how somebody could turn that into like a popular sound. I can't remember what they like wrote over it, but it was the scene where she's like uh, talking about how it's a liquid and how she's so thirsty and she needs water. And she's like, I don't think that you can drink that. She's like, it's a liquid. I saw that so many times on TikTok for some reason. Well, we have the Russian workers. They show up and they're smoking, which is funny because that's also very 80s. Like people used to smoke everywhere. At least they did in the movies. And they're loading boxes. And then they use the slime to, they Indiana Jones it, right? The guys like drive off and then Steve, instead of using a hat, he uses the slime and he puts it under the thing and it like holds it and they all climb through which is kind of I, I don't know if that would make sense because think about it that slime was like how high it didn't seem that high they're also very skinny so yeah true I feel like Erica two, and, and two Dustin of, two of them are children so <laughs> but Steve he just slid right under there but they they slide under it and then it like breaks and then Robin says you know do you still want to drink that and this is another dig they're getting ready to walk like they see that there's this expansive tunnel that they've escaped into from the elevator into this crazy long tunnel and it's a good Steve line episode because he's like oh man I hope you guys are in shape and then he goes I'm looking at you roast beef and he taps Dustin but it's like I know Dustin has on a shirt that says roast beef but he looks like he's okay he looks like he like is sort of in shape but we get back and Nancy and Jonathan have kind of met up with the gang again and they're telling them everything that they know about Mistress Skull and this is where they realize what the mind flayer is doing like they realize that oh because Eleven says, oh, well, Billy was doing something to Heather. And then they were like, oh, Heather so-and-so, uh, Heather Holloway, who is uh, the editor of the paper's daughter. And they kind of put the dots together that he looked very sickly. And they realized, oh, that's what the Mind Flayer is doing. It's taking over people's minds. And they decide that they're going to go over to the Holloway house. And they all kind of like meet up and they walk through the house and it's kind of cool they do it like a murder mystery thing where they're walking through the house and they see no one's there but they see the wine on the floor and then Nancy's like okay well someone was dragged and they like show Billy dragging so and so and then Jonathan's like and here's where this happens and they kind of show it that reminded me of like I haven't watched it in forever my grandmother like Nancy Drew I was gonna say like murder she wrote is there a Nancy Drew show uh there's the Nancy Drew movie with uh the girl from Emma it? Roberts Sophia no, Emma Roberts from when I was like, I don't know, like 2008, 2007. Is that what they did? I don't know. I just, I just said like Nancy Drew because her, Na- her name is Nancy. That was the point. I get it. Um, so, so yeah, so that was a, a cool thing that they did. Um, so while they're figuring all that out, Grigori is tracking Hopper, Joyce, and Alexi. And while Joyce and Hopper are continuing their bickering, Alexi makes a run for it. And, you know, they're running and running after him and they think he's trying to get away, but really he's just thirsty. And he goes into a 7-Eleven and they all start chugging yes. drinks. And um, this is a funny part because this is where the yuppie shows up and the Todd father. And I guess this scene is the scene from Fletch. Like you remember before season three came out, the writers were like, a lot of this is going to be based on Fletch. And so I watched the movie that's that 
Chevy Chase movie where he's like an undercover cop, but like less nothing than, less than one percent of the TV. Yeah, shows I don't. Much. Yeah, I don't think that anything. This is the only scene that I can think kind of is like that because the music was like Hopper was eating a piece of beef jerky and then he looks out the window and they start playing this kind of like like kind of like goofy music and then he goes up to him and he's like all right we're you know getting this car and he's like this is a a child killer and they're just you know he's sitting there and that's when they do the famous shot where Alexi's like sipping on the slurpee Mm -hmm. and they get in the car and they steal the car and and there are no consequences yeah there's no the Todd father just has no car guys so they get in the car and they basically they drive to Murray's place and I can't remember well, yes, I can. I forgot that Murray and Hopper had, like, interacted because I'm so familiar with Murray and Nancy, Nancy and, Jonathan. and Jonathan. Like, that's what I think of when I think of Murray. I don't really think back to when he was, like, meeting with Hopper at the police station in the beginning of season two where he was talking about oh, yeah, 11. Yeah, yeah, okay. I totally forgot about that. Like, when I was watching this, I was like, wait, Hopper knows him? Because it just, he's not, I always think of those two, like, that scene is, like, what he's most famous for. But they show up there and Murray's got, like, the security camera and he's, like, asking everybody to say their names and they come in and, you know, he's being really jerky with them and this is where Joyce has this kind of, like, badass moment where she just starts screaming at him about all the things that they've gone through and that they just need his help and she, like, pushes him on his shoulder and he gives her a look like, oh, well, all right. And they go in and um, basically he's the only person that speaks Russian. And so they need his help to communicate with Alexi to figure out like what's going on with the magnets. No Google Translate back in the 80s, you guys. I know. Oh, that's a good idea. You know, what we should have done is put a Google Translate up to the scene with Alexi to see what he was saying in his communicate with Hopper. Or I guess I could have just turned on subtitles. <laughs> I'm very anti watching subtitles. Did you not? No, I never oh, do I that. I love watching subtitles. No, it distracts People me. People who don't watch subtitles just can't read fast. That's false. Joe. Mine is that, my for me, it's that I sometimes, depending on the show. It is kind of distracting because you're looking at the subtitles instead of like looking what's going on in the scene. Like obviously if I'm watching a foreign film, I like the subtitles because I don't know what's happening and I can like kind of follow along with it. But I think I don't like the subtitles like on American shows or shows with English because sometimes they'll jump ahead. Like they'll say something before the scene has oh, even yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm, see that, that's what bugs me that's the only reason that I don't like it sometimes you have to turn it on because the voice is so low and you're like what is happening but for me it's like I don't want to read what happens before the big moment comes and the person's like I read it he's dead and then they're like he's dead and it's like well I know I just read it I think on stranger things though like when they have like Russian speaking or like any other language I think it literally says like speaking in Russian but it doesn't say the actual words oh boo it's just say the words because it's they have to that like is almost cheating it's like how you were saying before where like it'll show you too early. Yeah. Like the point of this is that um, we're supposed to Murray doesn't feel he, what he Hopper kind, feels. He kind of knows Russian, but he's kind of translating it wrong and they can't show you the exact translation. Gotcha. I also think that you're kind of right. They want you to be in the shoes with Hopper when right. Hopper is like, I don't understand. I don't understand. They want you to feel the confusion between the two of them. I bet he's just probably saying something very simple. But so we switch back to the Scoops troop. They're walking through this tunnel and they're doing the thing where like Steve doesn't understand what's happening and Dustin and Robin are both so smart that they're just having this conversation, figuring things out. And then it, the tables turn because they say something. I can't remember what it was. And Dustin and Steve, oh, I think it's why would they do this? Why would they be building this chemical? Like, who are they trying to get it for? What kind of things are they trying to catch? And then Steve and Dustin have this realization that like, oh no, does this have anything to do with like what's been happening in the past? And then I think Robin says, would you guys like to fill us in or fill the rest of the class in or something like that? Um, but what I love about this scene is that they're sneaking through and, you know, they walk right into like an 80s movie. They walk right into like the headquarters where 
where everything is happening and all the soldiers and scientists are just like walking around and they do this thing where they're like let's just quietly sneak by but you could totally see them if anyone was looking mm-hmm. you would see them walking by but the best part is when they bust into the room and Robin steps up and starts speaking Russian to the guy she's like the silver cat or whatever she's saying to him and he's like what I don't understand and then it looks like she's about to get hurt by the guy and Steve runs at him and attacks him and, and like throws finally him down. beats someone up yeah <laughs> and Dustin goes dude you did it you want to fight and Joe Keery just plays this so perfectly he just does this face where he's like yeah I did it like I did it and that was awesome and then of course they see the portal they look through the there's that iconic shot that I think was used in the trailer where the four of them are kind of looking through the blue glass at the beam and they see the portal and they realize like what's happening and it's kind of weird because I can't tell were they supposed to be opening the old portal or are they opening a new portal and it just kind of looks the same I think it's a new portal because it kind of looked exactly the same as the way Eleven did it and I don't know if that was just by like set design or if it was just because unless it's underneath it's not underneath Hawkins lap though it's nowhere near the mall right right? yeah yeah so they see the portal and we know something ominous is coming and then we go back to Nancy and Jonathan who have figured out what's happening and they need to go to the hospital to see Mrs. Driscoll and Nancy and Jonathan have a heart to heart the elevator which is nice to see them stop fighting for a hot minute where he's basically like I see Nancy stop fighting Jonathan never starts anything I'm sorry Nancy but girl well sometimes Jonathan he was like kind of mean to her but I think it was just that they were having a miscommunication but it was nice to see them like it's it's hard to see the characters that you like always bickering with each other I think that's why this episode was rough too because because I love Jopper. Like, I am I love when Hopper supports her, and I like when she goes to him. And so I know they're supposed to be in a, like, fight, but to see them constantly arguing with each other and him constantly screaming at her, it's like, that's not fun to watch. Like, I don't like that. I want to see them team up and, like, be pals. So Nancy and Jonathan, anyway, they connect with each other, and they have a heart-to-heart, and they get off the elevator, and they realize Mrs. Driscoll is gone, and then they see, I can't remember his name, the editor, uh, Mr. Holloway, and he has obviously been taken over by the Mind Flayer. He looks super yeah. creepy. God, what was his name? He Bruce. Looks scary. He looks very scary. I think it's because he has that naturally like very vibrant like yellowy blonde hair and he has the natural kind of like pinkish hue. It's his eye- aren't his eyes like blue? I always think people with blue eyes look scary. I'm sorry y'all, but like like children of the corn freaked me out. Max has blue eyes. Sadie. Max. Sadie. Oh. Does she? Yeah. No, I Nancy I has blue eyes. People with those icy blue eyes, like children of the corn. Where they're like water. Yes, it's I'm sorry, have you did, did you just recently watch Children of the Corn? No, I just literally like ever since like I've had friends that have like those white blue eyes. I'm like I can't. I Wasn't can't Charlize Theron as a kid in Children of the Corn? I, I think, think I read so. that somewhere. <laughs> Welcome to the Children of the Corn podcast. Oh um, but basically, they they start to get attacked from him. They run, and then Bruce comes in, and he looks very creepy. I agree with Tori. He looks, the, like, the makeup team did an excellent job, and probably the post team, like, putting those veins in his face. And he does a thing where it's very, you know, Jack Nicholson in The Shining, but he busts his head through the glass. And they fight, and then this is where they see the glob coming out, and the glob slowly mushes together, and you finally see the Mind Flayer as a beast. And then that's it. Then it goes to the credits. But you know what? We can't end just yet, guys, because I totally forgot that Mike was trying to get candy from the vending machine, but it got stuck. So Tori wants to go to sleep because we're so late. Tori, wait, don't go to sleep yet. So Eleven gives him all the candy in the machine. But my favorite part is they're going to will because right the mind flayer is gathering and Nancy and Jonathan are fighting off the other people and Will is realizing what's happening because the lights are flickering and if you look Mike and Eleven are like cozying up with each other to show that they're back together again but they're like reading the back of the M&M package Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I'm like 
checks out. Checks What's out. on the back of the M&M package? She can't read. He's trying to teach her how to read. <laughs> I'm serious. What else is she supposed to read? She can't read a book. I guess it's great. M and M. It's so easy. It's two letters. <laughs> it's three letters, but it's two letters. It's perfect. Uh, go back. Watch that scene. He's like, nutritional <laughs> facts. She's oh like, my God. nutritional. He's like, yes, you're good. Uh, she forgave him real easily. He just was Girl, like. I get it. Girl, I get it. <laughs> Tori has low standards. <laughs> so anyway, that's where the episode ends. Um, and I feel like this episode didn't, it, like, it didn't have a lot of the minute details. I feel like a lot of the other episodes have a lot of pop culture in them, like references. But this one was really just, like, story driven. Like, Hopper and Joyce, they need to meet Alexi. They need to fight with Grigori. Nancy and Jonathan need to make up, and they need to figure out who's being flayed. And the gang needs to reunite, because yes. if people don't have Malevin, Yes. <laughs> then they don't have anything. But there wasn't like a lot of references other than, of course, when Robin and Dustin were having their like back and forth talking about like Greek gods and who would uses what for the slime or whatever. But yeah, so that was this episode. So we will come back. We still have to do episodes six, seven, and eight. And then, you know, in the past, what we've done is we've gone through and just tried to like gather information. Like they're filming here. They're filming here. I don't think that we're going to do that this year. Tori and I are like mega busy and also surprises. It's fun to see surprises. We don't know if this is going to be the last season or if they're going to do a season five. And we really want to be surprised by stuff. We also know that the cast and crew do not like when you're sharing news that they don't want to be shared. So we're just not going to do that. Also comment down below. Should I get a full back tattoo of Malevin. Let me know, guys. Wait, are they holding M&Ms sitting in a hospital bench? Yes, that's what I want. <laughs> then yes, I vote yes, definitely. So we'll finish episode six, seven, and eight, and then we will try to bring you guys interviews. Thanks so much for listening, and stay strange, guys. Thanks for listening to the Upside Down Podcast hosted by Sisters Ash and Tori. For more information, visit our website at theupsidedownpod.com. You can also contact us at theupsidedownpod at gmail.com as well as follow us on our Facebook and Instagram under the Upside Down Podcast. Episodes are released every other Monday, so be sure to subscribe. If you love the podcast, be sure to review us on whatever you listen to us on. Thanks again. Stay strange. Hey, Kyobi. Hi. You just watched Stranger Things Season 3, Chapter 5. What'd you think? Good. And I like Eleven's outfit. In the background, remember when I said that um, the demo? I think somebody was in the background when Steve and Nancy was talking? Well, I think it's the Demogorgon. When Steve and Nancy were talking, when was when that? When it was get, trying to get the reindeer. Oh, are you going back to season one? Yeah. That, that was Nancy and Jonathan. It's a forest. I think when Erica would drink the slime, her body would break. Yeah. Because when Steve put the when Steve put the thing right there, um, the thing went down in the ground. So I think she would explode.